relationships, I think one thing people don't talk about much, sex part. You know, it, it affects everybody's life, right? From from certainly from adolescent onwards, it's a it's a big deal, and people think about it, and it's the most thought about thing that people don't actually talk about. And also, how does it become sort of decriminalized in a way, right? How does it move out of the oh my god, it must have to be a you know within a state of marriage, and at that point, guess what? It shouldn't be fun anyway. How does it move out into the mainstream of being on a continuum of affection rather than? I don't know. It's these are these are tough questions. I know. I use big words, so I'll, I, you know. I'll speak, oh, shut up! I'll speak, but uh, I, I actually think that it's a global thing. Uh, women, especially, I mm. think they've been told that they're like you know they're for them the physical form or who you know is is more around not the emotional mm. and uh, connection or. Mm. Or, or wanting or the whole ability to want to have sex, right? Yes. Um, and to display that kind of desire or whatever. It's very difficult for them to kind of be open about it. Mm-hmm. They always feel like they're as if that's what they were born for, sure. that men should have sex with them kind yeah. of thing. And right. it's not about their feelings and it's not about whether they like it or not. And they should not be saying it if they don't like it or whatever. Right. Or and that not saying it if they do like it. Right? I mean, they do like work, it work or place, whatever. Yeah. It's it's just programmed that way. And and I do, I think that it's disgusting because to say about consensual, non-consensual, people talk about rape. But actually, mm-hmm. any non-consensual sex, even if in the format of a marriage, mm-hmm. is rape, right? Of course. And I, I think that realization has not come. And mm-hmm. nobody seems to talk about it because uh, either it's taboo or even women there is no acceptance that it's actually wrong. It's actually being harmful and wrong to your own self, to who you are and your physical, you know, your body. It's it's of disgusting. Of course. Uh, I mean, violence, uh, violence against one's agency, one's body, uh, absolutely is, is, is rape. And regardless of what contractual thing one puts around it, a marriage has nothing to do with consent for sex i mean uh, right there, there's nothing to do yes marital rape is the same as rape i mean that's the, it is and yeah. you know women it, it makes a woman wrong or right it's just that they are programmed that way right they they don't realize that this is more of a part of a conversation and evolution in terms of many conversations that one mm. should have because they don't understand that because this when they were born or what they were taught Mm. when they grew up and mm. what they saw their mothers and mm. others they just felt like those were they just saw that they were subservient agreement mm-hmm. constantly ready mm. uh, there was no choice involved i mean if this is about friendship how can two friends do something that's coercive to the other person i mean how and how can i harm you right that doesn't work right that that's not possible because the man thinks that they're not okay uh, mm. the man it, the ego hurts a lot and mm. you know maybe at some level a woman's does too mm. some but a men a man's ego is on a different level if you mm. if a woman's were to after a long period of having consensual happy um mm. Uh, gratifying sex you know you mm. find out that you actually are not happy with it mm-hmm. and you tell that man mm. it's not going to go well it's more as yeah. a part of a marriage or a commitment that you've signed off on right and that's exactly why i think 
relationships without the emotional underpinnings of them and a constant reaffirmation of what those underpinnings are, are become toxic and that's why it becomes some nothing should become obligatory in ancient times pleasure of all sorts was considered considered quite positive whether ancient uh, indian texts uh, greek ones you know female and male male pleasure both meant to be encouraged but somehow more recently we've gotten into this place of pleasure especially female pleasure is it's concerning as a and i think that came out really from the victorian era and because south asia really came of age around the victorian era i think maybe those mores were inherited from from somewhat from colonialism too of course yeah everything has been inherited from colonialism it's a gender thing it's a mm. sexist thing it's not there's nothing got to do with religion have you seen the um, netflix show or i'm sorry maybe hbo show masters of sex i think i caught it because i'm cheap that way caught it when on a free free time you or something cheap. i am cheap uh, you know it's about the masters and johnson thing how they documented essentially sexual behavior and attitudes and it was eye opening i mean you know the fact that if you focus on pleasure as a mutual thing then the woman won't have to say anything about the fact that she's not enjoying things anymore the both partners will actually get it and i, I don't think female pleasure was as recognized before many of these kind of reports came out yeah because nobody is looking at it or studying it in that way and uh, and whoever studying on it is probably has some actually female representation in terms of studying i'm sure men do not do well they find out that a woman is not uh, is not pleased or in uh, having sex with them so, so here's i here's the question then yeah do you think but do you think men or women would be generally more accepting of their partner saying i would like to have sex with somebody else either in addition to or in replacement of you i don't know but you know if you're talking again now this is the same thing it's if it's a woman they generally it's not an opinion some if they are nice enough sometimes men tell them otherwise mm. men a man would not even tell mm. and go off and have an other partners or marriages for example yeah. even muslims i mean they have like four marriages or five marriages is not something that's in the holy book it's just an interpretation sure. okay that people have had and then they have like four marriages and why is it they say oh we had it because we needed a son or whatever it's hmm. bs yeah, yeah they just wanted to they just having like you know a, a time of their lives because they're having like multiple sex partners right and uh, because they're done with the first one yes if it, i mean if the sole basis for being with a partner is purely a you know a frictional experience that is sex and i think that's very sad to begin with um and but that's more than that's pretty much the whole world i mean no that's not the whole world that's nonsense I mean, that's not the case i mean we no that is not the case uh, well whatever 5% I mean, that's I mean, 5% I don't know that is not the case emotional... maybe, okay but i think the rest of it is like that and that emotional... 5% i'm still searching for the emotional akhar up search karti ro like in the 5% or i think actually thinks much more than that i think emotional connections and sex deepen each other and i think sex without an emotional connection can potentially be very meaningless and uh, not to say not enjoyable potentially in the short term i mean i i do agree with you in terms of the whole cheating thing the inauthenticity of that i think is not cool at all i think if whatever whatever one desires to have a conversation about it and for both partners or all three or all four or five partners or whatever to come to a common agreement or understanding about it there's 
And what's there to hide about if one? Why I think honesty you? is the most important thing, but it I is. also think there is has to be an internal honesty as well, because I think honesty does not stop with the fact that you hide what you mm. actually feel. Okay, that does not mean you're honest. Honesty means being honest with your partner, whatever mm. you might be feeling, because you made that call when you actually committed to something, right? Mm. And uh, if the other person, especially, is being fair and honest, then it's a disservice when you're not. So there needs to be because the emotional connection can go. Okay, mm. we need to be all clear about it. Mm. This is not this thing that oh, love forever yes, kind of thing. Right. I mean. I mean, this this whole facade. I mean, mm. you can love multiple people in your people in your life. It does not it does not trivialize love. Yes. It just means that you have the ability to love, and that's all. And a love, not one, but many people. Okay, sure. and maybe and the ability of loving person more than one person is nothing unnatural. Agreed. Love is not a zero sum game. Yeah. No, that that that's certainly true. I think. I mean, again, the foundation of it again. I think it has to be has to be honesty. And I think honesty is difficult because it exposes us and exposes us to criticism, especially if you have, you know, sharp-tongued and unkind people like you can be as well. It's difficult. Oh, so judgy people. No, I think it's fine. At the end of the day, you feel relieved and you feel less of a burden on yourself because you, yeah. you just don't want to be. I mean, what's the harm? You're going to be judged. People are going to accuse you, say right. things to you, or whatever. Right. They do that anyway, right? I don't remember the exact line from the set of poems of uh, the Prophet by Khalil Gibran, but you know, one of my favorite things in there is actually where it's, it says on marriage that you grow separately as two trees and not shade each other. And I think the same could apply to whether well, it's two trees or a whole grove of trees is not to restrict each other, right? I mean, it's... That's a nice uh, one by Khalil Gibran, actually. You've read um, that? You've actually read yes, some? Yes, I have. That is surprising. <laughs> I have. So, Aside from I, just blog posts about, you oh, know... Oh, please, that... relax. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to get on me, okay? We're talking about something much more serious than that. Yes. Which I which I which I do understand what you're trying to say is that and also from the other person's point of view, not from the the man or the woman or whatever, mm. but the other individual the other person mm. in that in that or whole the third, relationship. The third party so to speak. Let's call it. Or them the third party. party or whatever. But the person people involved. It's a disservice to what you committed to when you started off, especially when it started off starts off as friendship. And um, before marriage and lo- lots of love marriages, at least, yes. it all starts off with friendships, right? Yeah, Rose, the masla is basically about this whole relationship escalator thing, right? Like you just, people are in a steady state and they're happy, they're having a good time and everything's good. And, you know, they're friends or whatever, or they have their friends with benefits or whatever you want to call it, and everything's good. And then you see the looming wall ahead of you of something else. It's like, oh my God, now this is happening, you know? God forbid I be happy in state A, I have to jump up to state B, which is called engagement or marriage or stuff like that. I think if we get rid of the escalator and just have more of a ramp to different places, I think life, I mean, I know it sounds all bohemian, hippie and, you know, stupid, but I I think life would be a lot easier. Yeah, I think so too. But I also think it's all very individualist. It's individualistic. It's the relationship. It's that context. You need to have, you know, you can't, we can't simplify the way we're talking right now. Everyone has like their uh, the arguments are that, you know, it's much more deeper. There are too many people involved. There are other things mm-hmm. involved or whatever. And, and you Sounds know, a 30, 35 year old or whatever, 40 year old, you know, a parent 
is not mm. dying. You know, yes. it's not like the end of the world. True. They're going to survive. They yes. need to be happy. They need to be at least content with how, who they are. Yes, I exactly. think this whole thing, philosophy around that, oh, your child is there and you, it doesn't, it's not the end of life. Because if it is, then you're actually giving up on everything. And one person has at least give, given up. And that one person is one of the parents of that child. Yes. And that's unfair to that child. It is absolutely unfair to that child. So actually, the moral of the story basically is that you should listen to me. Uh, of course, that's that always is the moral of your story. Uh, <laughs> have lots of sex, be happy. And of course, because we're both health people, wear a condom, kids, be safe. Uh, that's your conclusion. My conclusion is just be happy and whoever you are and whatever you do uh, and be honest to yourself. Okay. Whether it's, uh, you know, it's, it's the people around you who are the closest to you. Just don't be scared of saying who you are and being who you are. That's all. Very profound. There's no health message in there. There's probably There's nothing. No, of, no health message sure. in there because people who who know me, the 21 people who are listening to me, <laughs> they'll probably they'll know that I'll be really, really, really conscious if they're not protecting themselves against STDs. <laughs> yes, exactly. It's gone. It's by the way, it's gone down to 15 now. With every new oh, health information that we present, at the first mention of sex, we lost up 25 percent. Condoms and STDs, we've subsequently lost 25%. We'll be in the negative by the end of this podcast. Uh, we were just talking about made me think that society makes its rules for people. Like, let's just say if you have and let's assume that in this situation, you know, you have a friend. So at what point does the boundary set itself that your friend is for example, where do you Like, at what point do you decide, okay, I... Don't think we should shake hands. Why not? Because society says not to, or we should not uh, hug, or we should not um, watch, go to a movie together alone, or we shouldn't have a drink together, or have sex if we want to do that. I mean, the physical relationship I think is should be as much of a continuum as the emotional relationship, and the only two people who should have anything to say about it should be the two people who consensually engage in that behavior, the two friends. But society should not poke its nose in i mean who the fuck died and gave you the power to decide that right i mean tell me no what's I, co- I completely agree i mean but it depends on like you know again they define it by age groups as well okay mm-hmm. so if it was like older people like yourself and me it's a different thing but if it's like people who are young then the society has a hand on it because the parents have their ways of defining what is right and what is wrong and what's according to the norms I, I, I think that, you know, be someone who has gone through it myself, because when yeah. I was a teenager, my parents would like, you know, stop me from, uh, yeah. uh, but, you know, they stop me from doing something. And, you know, the instinct was to be tempted, right? right. Because when it's a normal phenomena it's it's very it's it's very organic you want to do something it comes to you it's very intrinsic everyone goes through it Mm -hmm. and if someone is trying to inhibit you or stop you from it then you will be get you'll get more tempted to do it right right? i mean yeah it's a huge rush and you'll overstep i'm talking about these mores as they apply to fully actualized adults i mean people who are in their 30s and 40s being judged for having a so-called lifestyle which does not conform to the old convention. I mean, we, we infantilize 40-year-old people like we do 15-year-old ones, right? 
I mean, yeah, but I think I blame myself and, you know, I as individuals for that, because now that you have we have insight over what happened before and what happens now, the fact that there's still influence from these external people on how they, uh, you know, want us to live. Yeah, that's, or how that's they on us. Foresee us. Yeah, that is on us. I agree. That, that is on us, yeah, I feel, yeah. you know, and, and I, that's I, where I, you have to learn and unlearn because. I mean, I know, I'm so smart. What do you, I know, sometimes I just surprise myself. <laughs> there you go. Insight, wo bhi I know, I'm just too cool, man. You are, absolutely. I, mean, I, 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 think that, I think that is right. I think it is on us at this point. I do think there's some um, of that brainwashing effect, you know, like Richard Dawkins talks about in The God Delusion about why do we continue to believe in something that you know has little scientific evidence? Is because we essentially were provided that set of memes and. I don't uh, like that guy, by the way. Uh, you don't like many people. Those, those no, is the but I don't yeah, like yeah. Richard Dawkins because he's just like you know. I hate people who obsess on one side of the frame. I mean, atheists or whatever. I mean, it's fine. I completely understand. But there's this obsessed makes me frustrated. You know, that is true. You're frustrated, but like, yeah, that is sorry, certain, whatever. Uh, but okay, let's not get distracted by your dislike for Richard Dawkins. I, I will say he is a brilliant, I think, evolutionary biologist. His Ideas are well stated. Blah, but blah, 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 blah. <laughs> I, do, I do think it could jo, I mean, atheists are militant, hote hai, unse zyada militant I think religious people who, who. I have a lot religion. of respect for a lot of atheists, okay? I, he uh, might not be one of them. Because enough. I have more respect for anyone who is religious or a religious yes. or in the middle, wherever. When, when they actually are ready uh, to listen to the other side of the argument, whatever that might be. But I think the same way is that kind of you know, child brainwashing occurs. The same thing I can mm-hmm. ha- happens with childhood concept for Sharam and Haya and all those things, which frankly are based upon very primitive aspects of a female. Yeah, it, it is. It is. Yeah. Don't open your legs. Why is the woman sitting like this and opening her right. legs and whatever? I mean, what the hell? Female Can't legs. I be comfortable? Can I sit normally, like you know, and be comfortable? Why do I have to cross my legs and be proper and whatever? And otherwise, this auntie is going to say something or this uncle is going to say something. Right. And sure, this is not something that I do. I mean, I would probably be crossing my legs and most even intuitively. Mm-hmm. But why have I been? <laughs> you know, trained yeah, to be like that. Yeah, I do certain things and men have been conditioned to criticize them. And I think, frankly, if somebody is looking at you funny, if you're doing something that is comfortable for you, then that is their fucking problem, not yours, right? Make yourself comfortable right. and be who you are. Yes. Then they should not bother another person. That's all. It's difficult, though, to cross that line because I think even if you're intended to, say, make yourself comfortable by sitting a certain way, you know this societally we've been raised to do certain things right the so-called man spreading phenomenon where guys will sit with their legs wide apart frankly unnecessarily widely apart i mean why do you mm-hmm. need to take up two seats worth to do that especially right? on the plane especially it's so plane, horrible exactly. i've had such obnoxious experiences i don't even want to go there but you know it's <laughs> i can't tell you it's just ridiculous i just i don't know why would you do that to make another that's what i'm saying but it's obvious no no now i'm, person is now I'm very intrigued by this uh, by no, this airplane man spreading phenomenon no we don't I, I, we don't want to talk about my uh, my plane experiences but right. but i do think that it's very obvious nobody 
uh, when someone is trying to make you uncomfortable in their behavior, gestures, or the way physically, whoever, whether it's a woman or a woman, man, mm-hmm. it's pretty obvious to the other person. Okay. Yeah. To instinctively by crossing their legs, mm-hmm. I think men should instinctively have this thing of like, you know, not, you know, take occupying all the space that they need. Okay. Absolutely. That's right. Yeah. No, and, <laughs> and, and, and encouraging their, you know, female partners, friends, peers, etc. to be like, you know what, you do whatever you want. And if someone has a problem with you, then automatically they got a problem with me. Yeah. I, 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 I hope so. And I think women should also start like, you know, kind of backing women up as well. I feel like there's a lot of this, you know, the, the, today, if I'm accusing or saying anything about men or whatever, it's not that I hate the male gender. It's just that I'm trying to point out some things to kind of fix things. But, yeah. uh, but women don't do well in some of those things. They'll be like, you know, oh, you know, men don't do that. Or, right. you know, what is she talking about? And she's like, you know, just exaggerating or she has some different agenda and blah, blah. Right. Yeah, it's challenging. I think women, especially older women, matriarchs who tend to reinforce those kind of behaviors, I think it, they again have been conditioned to do it because, you know, lerki ki shadi bhi to honi hai, you know, izzat, gharat, things of that sort were deeply important back in the day and probably still are in many families, right? You know, you'll be surprised. I've seen like, you know, not just older, I've seen like very, very educated, smart woman mm. backing their men up like crazy oh, and yeah, protecting yeah. them to the extent that they lose their own identity and self-worth there's this you see helplessness in them, that you yeah. see this uh, self-degradation mm. and mm. They, they completely kill the whole gender equality agenda and the whole and i just that's the he- biggest disservice I mean, for me the most admirable and amazing thing is all the women that I work with okay mm-hmm. they are they make me so proud and so happy and mm-hmm. I am always raving about them so when I hear that from another when I hear that from another female oh, I get so upset that it's makes a, your work more difficult that's what it is okay so as as always we have solved solved nothing said many things as always I've said too much uh, that is always the case. That's completely true. Uh, very little of substance and said quite a bit. Aapke koi hai final words of wisdom jo aap share karna chahti hain hamari audience ke saath. Okay, we can. We that's my last final word of wisdom. Good. That is one thing we can definitely agree on. 